had the most annoying thing happen. I was editing an episode that'll go up the one before this, and uh, it turns out like oh, because I I've done a couple by myself. Yeah. And so I'll do like a ten minute chunk, stop, kind of recalibrate my thoughts, record another chunk, mm. and uh, wow, one, the big final minute. the big final chunk was like ah uh, corrupted audio file. <laughs> so I've got to ah. I've got to sit down and re-record that tonight. That's so awkward. But thankfully, I've still got all my notes, so I'm good to go. <laughs> You're amazing. Or well, the commitment to that man is is phenomenal. Oh, the ep- that episode was supposed to come out like four weeks ago. I've been very well. Look, kind of told the listeners like, uh, new job. It's been weird and hectic. So and anytime, anytime you want to um, <clears throat> um, rein me in, I'd, mm. I'd be I'd be honoured. Oh no, I'll. It gives me a chance to you know because this is my world. Mm. I, I I love to see stuff I've never seen. I love mm. to see stuff. Man, I tell you what, I love to see stuff I've seen. I will, I will. You know, have the chance to watch something new, <clears throat> and literally put on. You know, I watched Temple of Doom the other day yeah, as well, yeah. and like, and just, oh, just so funny. It's. Do you ever listen to the Rewatchables? No, it's it's, it's um Bill Simmons, the sports writer and journalist, okay. and he like runs the Ringer that like mm. website and stuff. Um, it's the premise is just like they're watching movies that are ultimately rewatchable. And then oh, just talking about it. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> but um, yeah, I was just listening. They just did Casino Royale this morning. And I'm like, yep. Right. Great. Super <laughs> It's a great like crack and start to a film mm. too with like the, the parkour stuff. Oh, so good. Um, and just that hilarious thing. of That's why I love Bond so much. Because uh, you've been doing the questions about like... Uh, at, at, on Tuesday nights yeah, about yeah, them, yeah, yeah. Lauren and Claire and stuff, and Nicholas. Just no like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I love Bond. Yeah, I'm like, I love Bond <laughs> because it's so reflective of the time that they were made. Yeah. Like um, the current ones, the Daniel Craig's. It was like, oh, what's hot? Oh, Bond. Let's so let's do that sure. frenetic yeah, energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then back the Roger Moore ones. You're like, fuck, Star Wars is big. Let's do Moonraker. Yeah, like yeah. it's really yeah. Like Bond has always been a call and response to yeah. what's been happening in the film industry as a whole. Yeah, and really so it's a great point. like history chart of what's going on in really the industry, what's popular. I love how it's... Uh, he's a race car driver now. Cause he, this. <laughs> he's also... Um, yeah, exactly. Um, the start of that with the parkour, the, the humour that's there is this dude that he's chasing is just off the chain mm. who just he ran up and slid through a hole. Yeah. I'll just bash through the wall. It's the, and it's, it's, it shows his his masculinity and strength, but in a more like accessible human way. Yeah, it's the um, and it's also like early on in the film, like really signifying this is a different bond. It's brute, blunt force. Yeah. He's just going to charge through a wall. Yeah, I, I was watching uh, Goldeneye the other mm. day, and, and I, I love him as a bond too. Like he's really well cast. I think mm. he's a, he's he's probably their version of trying to get um, Connery back. Yeah. Because he's, well, he's a bit rougher. And... Do you know about the history with Brosnan? How he was actually supposed to be uh, instead of Dalton. Ah. Um, to the point that he was uh, literally leaving his house to go to the press conference to be announced as the new James Bond. And the phone rang and the network had picked up Remington Steel. And he couldn't. So he just, just... He apparently the story goes, he took off his jacket and he just sat down on the couch. And I <laughs> was just going to say, what era would that have been in, in regards to Remington Steel? It was then because goes... of Remington Steel, he didn't get Bond. And then they eventually, you when the Dalton the didn't would, work out. You think that Bond would would supersede? I don't know. Like It's, oh, it's similar to reason, like uh, Tom Selleck not being Indiana Jones because of um, Magnum P.I. It's like the TV contract. It's like, you are fucking locked in. We are That's not letting you... That's why it's mental how they let 
Michael do um, Back to the Future? Yes, with yeah. That, with him doing around the clock. Mm. Did, did you watch still the doco? I no, I haven't yet. I've watched. Oh, okay. I've, I've listened to the Blank Check episode, and I've watched mm. the movies that make it made us. Yes, okay. Because yeah. it goes through. Yeah, it's a really fun series. That. Mm. Um, um, yeah, but yeah, there's that new doco um, yeah, about his the, life the, and stuff MJ, on Apple. You, you yeah, watch it, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's solid. It's solid. I was went in prepared to be crying my eyes out watching it, just mm. it being super emotional. But it wasn't as bad. Yeah. The thing that got me was him getting his um the Oscar this year. That that was uh that one choked me up a lot. I didn't even see that. He um he got the Gene Hirschfeld Humanitarian Award. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even bloody well. Yeah. Well, because they don't do the honorees in the ceremony anymore. They do them as like a separate side oh. ceremony. So you can watch them all online. So they're all up on YouTube now. But Woody Harrelson presented it to him oh, and stuff. See, that's and... why I haven't seen it for a while. Yeah. That's stupid not having that in there. Tell me about it. <laughs> and then, and then again, like, I don't, I don't and then there was it. the years where they just like, we're going to cut a whole bunch of categories before. I'm That's, like, I don't like that off. either. I don't like, <laughs> I, like, I don't like that either. Mm. Um, in a way, I, I can't get this decision because you could kind of almost make it like an AFI um, type they, of thing. Like his speech is like 11, 12 minutes long. Yeah, like awesome. they give them the time to... And well, that like sense. Sam Jackson got one that a year sense. or two ago, and they have people throughout the night come up and give like AFI style. Like, yeah, here's Denzel talking about Sam Jackson. Here's like Spike Lee talking about like it's. I love it. The honorary full kind of night thing, love which it. is nice. I love so. the AFI thing too. I go back and watch bloody um, what's his name, uh, Don Rickles. <clears throat> I love him roasting people. Yeah, that's what a roast should be. The the new ones are like disgusting. <laughs> It's so full on. Yeah, yeah. I love how far they can go, but it's mm. just like because even um, like old mate was like, uh, these things are so hurtful. <laughs> like, what the hell is this? Why are we doing? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Why he, he was said to Jeselnik. He goes, what? Oh, oh man. <laughs> he's, he's like, mm. everyone's just going, doing the worst thing they can, you know. Like, whereas Rickles would be like, you know, kind of just kind of how I like to rip people at, yeah. at, at a trivia we're yeah, like oh, yeah. you don't have lines alright stop you know yeah that's it, uh, it it's that really me. playful like old yeah. old like Vegas style comedian and then brings it's it back good. to a really poignant beautiful thing mm. like, um, especially with Scorsese and he's like oh yeah you know <laughs> I got like yeah and I got a midget to direct me <laughs> um, he's Bob mm. greatest actor in the world just ask him <laughs> Yeah, that's that's it. It's that cute, um, like yeah. It's almost vaudeville kind of that Borscht Belty kind of yeah. And he yeah, has, yeah. I would have. I wish he was alive, and for me to be big enough for him to rip me because that oh. would have been awesome. Yeah, I've heard like some people talk about like getting to meet him and getting made fun of by him, and yeah. it being like the biggest honor of mm. their like. It's just goosebumps apparently. Yeah. yeah um, but I should quickly anyway. say, uh, welcome to the Criterion Quest, a continuing podcast series looking at important films and contemporary classics. My name is Chris, and I'm joined, uh, as you have heard for the last minute or two, <laughs> uh, uh, good buddy here, Adam. Welcome Hello. to the show. It is a pleasure. Thank you very much for yeah. allowing me to come along the ride. No. You have trouble booking people. That's what I heard. Anyway. Yes, yes. No, yeah. well, it's... Uh, all of my co-hosts end up seeing... Like, over the years, end up having kids, and then they're like, oh, it's really fucking hard to have a kid. <laughs> it's a well, lot of work. I can't... Yeah. It's, so. it's, it's funny, because it's, a lot of it is, is me going, you know, I want to time it so my wife... Mm. Like, it's not it's going to be hard to look after the kid, but I want her to feel comfortable that I'm not getting to escape. Yes. You know, yeah. you don't want to feel like that. You know, yeah. you want to keep it as 50-50 mm. as you can. Yeah. Plus, uh, I will say, I think I'd mentioned in the last episode, uh, Lee had had a kind of tough run with yeah. COVID and yeah. the baby and everything and just being like, 
the I feel bad then you know sending her the message being like cool uh, I know you've like have no sleep and your baby's really sick but can we you want to sit down and watch a 1940s Italian neorealist yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yep yep so exactly but um no I've uh, for a while been talking about trying to get you on an episode because yeah. um. Uh, I always go back to um, when I first started working in fil- the film industry and stuff. Um, someone at my work was like, oh, so does Claire like movies? I'm like, oh, not really. Oh, so you're friends? I'm like, eh, not really. And th- she was like, this woman I worked with was like, who the fuck do you talk to about movies? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but you are now one of those people. I've got yeah. a few people where it's yeah. just I we chat about movies all the time. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, I love it. I love it. Because, um, yeah, there's not a lot of people that, well... I'm I'm definitely one of those people that will get someone to watch something, but I have to kind of bribe them or lie to them or do something. Welcome to my world. <laughs> and then I'm watching them the whole time. Yes, trying yeah. Trying to get them to enjoy it. And then it's so satisfying when they eventually go, oh, yeah, that's good. And it's yeah. like, what? You should have trusted me. And I think oh. it's because some haven't worked out as much. Um, but that's when I tell them, like, mm. that's that's not the risk you take, but that's you should feel something. Yeah. And if you dislike it, why do you dislike it? Oh, are you right? Yeah. Are you wrong? Let's let's you know? discuss the like because that's what I love as well. I've I've definitely I don't know about you. I've definitely hit this age where if I really like something and someone else doesn't, mm. I like uh, a good example is uh, both of us listen to blank the podcast Blank Check, which listeners know I talk about a bit. Yeah. Um, a lot of the time, I don't agree with some of the stuff David or Griffin says. Yeah, they get a bit. Hmm. But at the same time, I'm not. I don't get annoyed or angry. It's just like I completely disagree with it. But I'm interested in what you have to say about your opinion, kind th- of thing. Like 100%. I don't. I'm not going to jump down your throat like you know most commenters and people on the internet. And it's like you're not wrong for having your opinion, oh, no. but I'm definitely interested in how you're presenting your argument. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, and like we, I just said the other day about um, Last Samurai. Uh, I don't know if it's they're letting because I think they love Tom Cruise and I think they appreciate him in in how can you not in, in those, in those <laughs> like the Mission Impossible and all that mm. sort of stuff and other films, um, but he, he was for a while he was doing stuff where he was making these big budget ones and then every maybe three years he'd make a more poignant proper like Oscar bait yeah. serious thing yeah so he's got them mixed in through his career and Samurai. Could have got him there too. I think he got a Golden Globe nomination. I think. And yeah, I think the only acting nomination was Ken Watanabe. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's um, the thing with Cruz in that era as well was um, he was I called it he was cultivating directors because mm-hmm. I back when it was the pandemic and lockdown and Mike and I were running trivia nights once a week. We um, I had a question: which actor has worked with Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, I like think Brian De Palma? Did you do that at, at the trivia? Because I think Maybe. that was a question, and yeah. I, I loved it. And it's you, Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, like you but go down the list. Was and that when he started producing? No, no. This was back when he Before. was okay. one of his first films was uh, Outsiders with Coppola. Sure, and then he he did that decision apparently when he was younger. It's like, no, I want to work, I want to be the best, so I'm going to work with the best. Yeah, like Sidney Lumet, Sidney yeah. Pollock. Like, yeah, he cultivated. Like, he sure did. Color of Money was uh, Scorsese. Oh, oh, Scorsese. Yeah. Wait, what was the Lumet film he made? Uh oh, god, maybe it wasn't a Lumet. I know Pollock was the firm. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's yes. a crazy. And then he chose De Palma for Mission Impossible. That's when yeah. he started producing them. Mm. I think. And it really was. It wasn't until the the couch jumping incident uh, with War of the Worlds mm. that really just he's just like I'm now gonna stop 
making the decisions to kind of go, do my career based on, you know, what who I want to work with and what I find interesting. I just need to be relevant and safe. Mm. And ever since then, it's just been... He's worked with uh, only four directors. And it's Joe, Joe Kaczynski, who did Top Gun and Oblivion, mm-hmm. Chris McQuarrie, who does the Mission Impossibles. It's like Spielberg, he, he, did, he did... No, he hasn't worked with Spielberg ever since. Since Minority Report. Uh, since War of the Worlds. Oh, that because was apparently Minority. Spielberg was pissed about the couch jumping really? thing. About like, you've just made the whole publicity tour of our film about you... Yeah, wow, they, yeah they, and they haven't worked together since. But there was the fun video of Spielberg this oh, year they, saying, "Yeah, they can yeah. still be mates, but still avoid yeah certain things." But yeah, it's annoying. Like I just would lo- like oh, Paul Thomas Anderson with Magnolia, and yeah. like Last Samurai, Ed Zwick, yeah. like who did Glory and stuff. Yeah. Like I just want him to fucking get back to that. Like that was my yeah. hope with Top Gun. The whole meta narrative of him just being like. I'm old and I need to kind of put away that. I'm just like, yes, Tom, yes, get back to... Yeah, well, whenever he's not the hero hero, and he is in that, and he's a badass. In yeah. That, but whenever he's not, as, they, as Blank Check say, he's also like, he's, it's a much more interesting film. Yes. Is, that's why Edge of Tomorrow, a film where you think, oh, he'll be the badass, he's not. It opens with him being a fucking coward. <laughs> and that's, that's more interesting. And he is funny. Yes. He is funnier. He didn't need to do stuff with... Rogan and all them, he's funny mm. without knowing it. But I th- he'd have to know. He's always been funny. Like, the film that made him kind of broke him huge, Risky Business. Yeah. Like, great in that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I love that movie. Yeah. But Yeah, he's having, yeah, a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, but uh, anyway. have you seen anything good lately? Um, what have I been watching? Oh, I rewatched The Thing. Oh, good one. Because I was like, uh, I went into my little podcast file of... Um, blank check ones mm. and the thing's the first one I saved into there on Spotify mm-hmm. and I was like oh I've listened to it already I'll listen to it again yeah. and as soon as I started listening to it I was like oh I've got to watch the film again Yeah, and I love it because <laughs> they mentioned the start and the start is amazing because mm. it immediately goes you go what are these guys chasing they're trying to shoot a dog Yeah, what the hell's going on and then they show the dog being so well trained because it like how the fuck is that dog such a good actor? <laughs> it just does these weird little turns around the corner Ooh. and it's just watching. Yeah, and, and then they'll do like a, a camera um, movement that's just it walking through. Yeah, and you realize so it's scanning and it's taking like it's taking so on its bearing. Brilliant. Um, the most annoying thing though is that opening shot of the UFO. Like uh, yeah. that, apparently Carpenter didn't even know about. Well, he like, they they someone had suggested it go. Like crash into the universal, uh, yeah, thing. and he was like, no, no, but that's it's, why that just has a universal film. Yeah, it would have been so much better, if, yeah, if the film just started without you seeing a UFO. You could just see the dog running in yeah. Antarctica, because then you even more so. You're like, what? It sounds like that's something they battle with, with how much to show, and um, I think another one was Predator had this the same problem because it opens with a ship flying, and like you see, you like a jettison, and you just like. Apparently, foxes did that without telling them. It's just like, fuck off. Don't, like... Aren't they funny? Yeah. Yeah, because they're creative and they must do a lot of good. But they, these producers and production companies just, you know... Have faith in your audience that yeah. they're going to be smart enough to get what's going on. Whereas you, someone like a Weinstein, you know, he, he used to strong arm mm. those sort of things. Oh, like, well, his nickname was Harvey Scissorhands. Like, he used to recut everyone's movies yeah, and but, shit. But, so. you're like, he would have built a career on that being being maybe being right about mm. that so you'd ha- he'd have to follow his um 
his his gut with that sort of stuff. No, we need to talk about him. No, no. Like other guys like that. Um, it's also the end of the day. The studio, whether it be you know Miramax or Fox or Universal or whoever it was, they're the money. So like at the end of the day, they. Yeah. Which is actually something that will tie into the film we're going to be talking about today, actually. Right. So, yeah. Speaking right. of uh, re-edits and everything. Yeah. Um, but then I watched that and I... Um, um, there's been a little, a few little bits of other things, like um, bloody... Because uh, we, we knocked out Jury Duty and stuff mm. like that. But then um, trying to finish this Dark series as well, which... Oh, yeah, I've heard about that one. only has three seasons and it's this German one. Um, but I think it has a resolution at the end of three because then they're not making any more. Okay. So I'm trying to knock that out as well because it's bizarre. And, you know, we thought it was murder mystery. And then I was like, I swear I saw something about sci-fi. And we're watching it with my mother-in-law and, and eventually we're like, yeah, it's sci-fi. Mm. We're kind of like, oh, we're, we, don't, we can't latch onto anything here. No, we're, we're yeah. kind of in the dark for this one yeah. now. Uh, what about you? Uh, I am just opening up my letterbox to actually see because oh you add them in every time oh I, yeah it's as literally yeah as soon as I watch a film I'm one of those psychos so no, it helps me it helps it's... me keep track of what I've seen and especially for the end of year videos I do it keeps me oh that's what I rated that maybe I need to do that nah, letterbox it's the best get all over it um, but yeah as I think I'd mentioned in the last episode um, I've just been absolutely flat out with um, Khan and stuff happening and so watching a lot of stuff through and because of that Star Trek can't oh. yeah yeah <laughs> his wrath was pretty intense yeah. um, but no last night Claire and I um, went off and saw um, Across the Spider-Verse the new uh, Spider-Man animated yes, one yes and uh, presumably you would have seen the first one I love the first one yeah it did really well I I, re- I think it is a fantastic film is it based on any canon any somewhat it's miles morales who is uh not obviously not peter parker it's like the newer spider-man and stuff but it is he's a, he's a black kid right yes yeah and his mum's uh puerto rican isn't and, that yeah. funny because i have a, a mate of mine um who's an australian actor who's who's first nations who mm. uh was asked in an interview he's an actor who um uh who he'd love to play and he said he said oh spider-man but spider-man's peter parker's white so i'm never going to be able to play mm. spider-man and so but, you know, there There's is hope. a canonically black Spider-Man now with Miles Morales. It has been in the comics for a while, I think. But, um, yeah, but yeah, it's all about uh, alternate universes and, like, you know... It, it was onto the multiverse stuff a couple of years before everyone else was. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's... Uh, I, I really dug it. I didn't like this one, I think, as much as the first because the first is really funny at the same time. It's um, Lord and Miller, who did, like, 21, 22 Jump Street, Lego Movie and things. Oh. They um, wrote and produced it. They didn't direct it because mm. it's animated. But, um, yeah, it's visually one of the most fascinating and cool movies ever. Mm. Like, what they've done, it looks and feels like a comic book. It's, it's incredible. And the first one's really funny. Uh, this one was a little bit more straight down the middle, like, serious. Mm. Uh, but it was still fantastic. And it's very much there is a third part coming in march mm. i think um but it's very much felt like this is the empire strikes back of this kind of story that they're mm. telling and it you know i'm assuming everyone knows since it says part 1 it's like you know you it's a cliffhanger and stuff but it's right. really wonderful example of well constructed concise storytelling of we're setting up things in the first act that then pay off brilliantly in the third act like you know mm. it's Great interplay, great character development, and this new one is probably the most visually interesting movie I've seen in a very long time. Wow. 
Yeah. And I spent a lot of the time sitting there because I didn't watch any of the trailers or look mm. up stuff being like, who the fuck's that voice? Who's that? Who's that? Mm. And it was bugging me the entire time. I'm like, it, surely it's not. I, is it? And then in the end, You're it's right. like, Jason Schwartzman is the bad guy. Awesome. Oh. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's, yeah. that's a specific voice to, yeah. to pick up on. I was able to pick like, oh, that's Oscar Isaac. That's, yeah. you know, this person. Um, the Lord of Miller guys are friends with the Lonely Island. So I'm like, oh, yep, Andy Samberg and Yorma are doing like yeah, eight shit. voices each throughout. Like, yeah, awesome. Stuff like that. But no, re- like, uh, listeners, you don't need me to tell you already, I think, this weekend it's... It's aiming to get, like, a $200 million opening weekend. Like, everyone's fucking seeing it. It's great. <laughs> so, how much do these ones make? Uh, uh, how much do these ones cost now, an animated film? I don't know much about the animated. The, uh, the only one I know budget-wise recently that blew my fucking mind was Fast at X being one of the highest, most expensive films ever made. It was, like, $420 million budget for that one. $100 million of which was straight to talent. Well, yeah, because yeah. The Rock's in there too. And it? then also yeah. because... And he owns a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and because Vin Diesel and the original director, Justin Lin, had a huge falling out and fight, Justin Lin quit mm. two weeks before production started, but he knew it was probably going to happen, so he wrote into his contract, it's pay or play, so they had to pay him out his entire full... As Good well. man. Good for him. <laughs> he knew. He's 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 worked with Vin before. He yeah. knew. <laughs> and Vin's a producer now, right? Like he would. He oh, he's been a producer since like he owns a piece of four. it. Right? Yeah. So. See, that's that's what I messaged you, messaged you the other day about. Was I? I start, that's right. I started watching the first one because mm. this new one came out. And I was like, yeah. oh, it's cool. I'll put this one on. Yeah. And I was just laughing. It because it has these bits that are like so stupid. Yeah. But then it has a really clever like action bit and stuff like that. But it's like. Silly dialogue and weird mm. stuff they say to each other. Michelle Rodriguez is just, is like some a, a bit odd, and she's kind of just repeating what's just been said, mm. or or like comment. And she's like she's autistic or, or something, and mm. she's a bit has a weird spectrum. I don't know. I don't know how to put it nicely, but yeah. Um, it's just they try, they're trying to be so cool. The the best um, thing that it's my favorite thing about all the Fast and Furious films because like in number nine like it's nuclear subs and they've gone to space and it's all this insane action. Like the first film is about them uh, being hijackers who are stealing DVD VCR combos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that's the high stakes of we've got to steal these DVD players. Yeah, it, it's so. <laughs> and now they're like super, like you know, super spies who go to space. That yeah, that's why I said I wanted, I want, I'd love to do a, a even just a podcast of watching mm. them all. Yeah, and going through how because now people are like. Have you seen that thing of the onion when they do the suit oh, and, and it's and like it's a little kid? The little saying, kid, the five-year-old who wrote Fast Five. Yeah, it's yeah. such a clever. I love that video. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like they, he goes to visit. You know, you find out he's a cop. They arrest him. They go back. Damn man, he's too tight, man. Ugh, and then yeah. like they go into. He goes, "Hey, calm down. Why don't you go get us some of one of those." Ice lattes, or yeah, like that. decaf, yeah, and then they're, uh, and because that's funny, and mm. then but then they're sitting there drinking them in mugs or something like, like big. Why? Like big, <laughs> with like I think it's got like uh, whipped cream on it. It's so stupid. Yeah, like just give me a coffee. Yeah, like, yeah, like decaf. That's uh, all you need. But so so st- mm. I don't know. But then it has some great action. But then there's some there's some stupid stuff and and like you know really over dramatic like. I don't know. It makes, it makes me laugh. But I've never seen any of the others. So yeah, I, I started watching. I did like... Because I was like, ah, oh, I haven't been to the movie. Like, there hasn't been anything that's made me want to go to the movies. And I tried to go and see everything. So I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll watch all the Fast and Furious. 
and then I just got busy with work and I'd watch number five and was like, oh, this is great. Just because of that similar, like, oh, it's so dumb and I don't give a shit. I'm laughing. This is fun. Oh, good. And then... Because if it can be like that, then, mm. then, then, yeah, they all have their place. Yeah. People do say, like, oh, you have to see them. You have to see them. But they're saying them from a point that they've enjoyed them. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I'm like that with the Mission Impossible movies. I love those. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I get why people, some people don't. But it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just always. Uh, what, what's he going to do next? You know, because and you yeah. know he's doing most of it. Yeah. So you're not seeing anyone jump in and be mm. the be the. Oh, it's. I feel bad for Tom. He's again very upset because um, it got announced Oppenheimer's going to IMAX. Because ah. um, he shot a whole bunch of it in IMAX. Apparently, the uh, the film reel is 11 miles long and weighs 600 pounds. Yeah, I don't even know what to, how to even <laughs> comprehend. No. Um, so but why is Tom shitty? Because Oppenheimer comes out the week after Mission Impossible. So Mission Impossible is being pushed off of IMAX screens for oh, Oppenheimer. That's power. Yeah, he's so not that, happy. He's, he's backed by Warner Brothers? or uh, No, because uh, Nolan bailed from Warner Brothers because of the how they handled Tenet and wanting to push everything straight to HBO Max. Christopher Nolan said, uh, eat a dick, I'm uh, leaving. And so this is his first film he's doing with Universal or Paramount, I forget which. So It wouldn't be Paramount because Paramount's Mission Impossible, so it'd be Universal. Uh, and so they... Uh, how, how does he have that power to overpower a Mission Impossible then? Well, I think it's just um, theatre, like it'll be the, ma- the theatre... Owners, obviously, for IMAX being like, yeah. we, yeah, I don't know. But it would be interesting to see how it all shakes out. <laughs> but apparently, you can, uh, Cruz is like making a plea to cinema owners and exhibitors, like, don't bump Mission for Oppenheimer and Barbie, like, keep us around. But it's, yeah, July. Well, is, is Barbie on IMAX? No, no. But this is just in theatres in general. July is going to be yeah. busy and mm. hectic for. Cinema. It's gonna be a good good summer. <laughs> so, Can't wait. Yeah, everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, what are you gonna see? Ba- Barbie Oppenheimer?" And you're like, "I'm doing both, both. back Clearly. to back to back day." <laughs> it's gonna be see the both. Best. Like they're gonna yeah. be, you know, they're gonna be great films. Uh, Gosling's like hilarious. I, yeah, that I can't, so good. cannot wait for either of those. <laughs> like Barbie's Papyrus yeah. is one of my favorite SNL things. <laughs> the second one he does is when yeah. he and that girl um, oh, go to the Santa? Christmas party. <sighs> Yeah, and uh, Vanessa Bayer, yeah. And, and like, they, they're they going to meet Santa and all this sort of stuff. It's so, like, it goes so mental. Dark and fucked up. Yeah, well, they're I all good it. in that. They're all yeah. good. Um, anyway. Hmm. Uh, we should probably Let's get onto the actual film itself. Uh, we uh, sat down and watched, well, we watched not the complete Mr. Arkadin. Because I, I always thought it was Arkadin, but then... Well, they're always saying... Mr. Arcardin. Arcardin, yeah. So Arcardin. So yeah, Orson Welles, uh, the complete Mr. Arcardin. Uh, the synopsis goes: uh, Orson Welles as Mr. Arcardin, aka Confidential Report, tells the story of an elusive billionaire who hires an American smuggler to investigate his past, leading to dizzying descent into a Cold War European landscape. The film's history is also marked by this vertigo. There are at least eight Mr. Arcardins. Uh, three radio plays, a novel, several long cuts, the controversial European release known as Confidential Report. Criterion has gathered all of these elements to create this landmark box set, which also includes outtake, yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. The new comp- and the most comprehensive version of the film, at least unraveling one of cinema's great mysteries. Well, that probably makes sense. Yeah. Because there's been some, some weird cut 
shots and edits in there. Yeah. Well, I loved as well because um, I gave you my Criterion channel mm-hmm. login to, and I gained the text of like, so what? Because <laughs> actually like clicking on it, it's like, here's everything. Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh, what the fuck are we yeah. here? Yeah. yeah I, thought I, I thought I was doing the wrong thing because yeah. I was like, okay, which one? Yeah. And then I saw a, an hour 45. I was like, oh, great. Yeah. And short for yeah. what I imagine it was going to be. Yeah. Um, but that's it. For years, I've always known about this box set and seen it there and didn't... Because I'm not that interested in Orson Welles. Mm. I'd always kind of assumed it was like a TV miniseries or something like that. You've done a lot of that stuff, hey? Yeah, the name, The Complete Mr. Carden. I'm just like, oh, it's got to be like a six-hour-long miniseries or something. It's like, Mm. oh, no, it's the history of why it's The Complete, Mm. in air quotes, is, yeah, kind of interesting. So, Yeah. Did he do Citizen Kane when he was 23? Uh, 26, maybe. Either way, mental. But, uh, yeah, that's, well, that's the whole interesting thing about this. Like, where Wells, like, his whole history of an act, as being an actor and producer and stuff. Like, obviously, the Mercury Theatre and then all the radio play stuff. And then being like, I have dominated both stage and radio. Now I'm going to move into film mm. uh, with uh, Citizen Kane. I don't know, have you, did you watch Mank? Started the, to. Yeah. And then I stopped. Um... But people liked it. I loved it, yeah. But didn't like it to the point of maybe an academy appreciating it. But mm. that doesn't mean. Oh, yeah. it mean it means a lot. But it also they get they get things wrong and they don't get stuff. No, they're probably also doing like we talk about watching things more than once. I, I feel like that you owe it to the best picture nominees to do that, or, mm. or you, you should you should watch every film at least twice to watch it to watch it. And then watch it to absorb. Yes. And yeah. to get more from it. And I guarantee you, your opinion will be different. Yeah. If it's not, then you've good good instincts. Oh, yeah. I think Mank is, you know, it's not it's not like A-tier Fincher, but mm. it's it's very, very fucking good. And, and it's... Is it, is it true, true? Or is it is it just Yeah, like, well, he, it's based... It, the script was written by his dad, actually, who has been dead for quite a while now. Fincher's? Yeah. So oh. it's credited to Jack Fincher, who was a journalist and... Apparently, this was his dad's passion project, and spent like twenty years researching it and writing it and stuff. And so he, oh, because is it Mankiewicz? Is that what yes, yeah, Joseph Mankiewicz. And so it's all about the, um, yeah, the creation and writing of the script and production of Citizen Kane. So that's sort of There's so many similar elements in that to this. Oh, with... and Third Man as well. Yeah, um, yeah. which to the like, I think about twenty minutes into the film, I just had to look up and I was like, is this after? He worked with Carol Reed on The Third Man, and it's like, uh, oh, it is. That explains the Dutch angles. Yes, <laughs> yes. Why everything is tilted. Yeah, because he's he French, the cinematographer of this, isn't he? I believe so, yeah. And a lot of his, yeah, a lot of his stuff seemed very Frenchy. Well, I think it is well. It was I don't just. Mean that disrespectfully, but you know, it's I, European, so. I think as well, because Wells, a lot of his stuff, like obviously Kane, um, it was a notoriously like a big bomb when it first came out but then you know only got the oscar for screenplay nothing else and you know they but... weren't ready for that no that's the thing but... it now reinvented cinema yeah like you know it's it's so interesting yeah and i'd never seen it's funny because at drama school i'd ne- i'd never seen streetcar and i'd never seen citizen kane mm. and we were told by a teacher to go home and watch a film that we'd not seen before and i went i'll choose citizen kane and i and i went home and i was like oh so he was doing all of this stuff. He like invented how to do this. Nineteen forty-four, I want to say. It's yeah. amazing. And, yeah. and like then, you know, and that's why with those sort of films as well, you um, people that judge things from now, mm. looking at them, could, but we go, well, yeah, yeah. No, they did it. 
Yes. They did it first. That's you, been you see it all the, the time now. Yeah. And same thing with uh with 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 Brando as Stanley is oh, yeah. is people weren't doing what he was doing. Mm. They were great actors, but they weren't doing that. You see it now, but he was one of the first and, and you and you go, Wow. Um but it's it is that thing where like I mean it's been such a recurring thing on the podcast over the years of being like oh yeah that's great that shot and you're like oh no that's the first fucking time they did that shot yeah. that's why it's interesting yeah. and important but yeah. yeah with the cinematography for this film it the th- it did start to kind of irk me that little bit where it is just so heavily influenced because of like what he did with Kane and then I think working with Carol Reed the director on Third Man it's like the, it's like the melding of the two of do, them yeah do do yeah exactly do, it's, do, he couldn't bear to shoot an actor at eye level <laughs> the entire movie oh yeah <laughs> I, I was thinking about that because I, I, I went through it again yeah. last night at like 1am mm. and I when he Mr. Ark Harden wants to meet you yeah takes him in to give him the offer He's like this. Down. Like the camera's on the floor. Looking right at him. And I was like, hang on, maybe he's sitting down. I look, mm. and he's not sitting down. No. Then he sits when he gets the cigar and whatever. Yeah. And I've, maybe it's just to show an imposing figure. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking. It's like, is it obviously Wells, you know, like, you know, ego aside, wants to make himself look as big and powerful yeah. on screen as he can. But he ends up doing it for almost every character, like Raina, the daughter, and, I mean, our protagonist. Like, everyone is shot from the waist up and it was bugging me so much like it's beautiful shots and amazing cinematography but I was like is this just a him kind of drawing back from theatre days where he's just like well the audience is sitting looking up so that's how we're going to be trying to frame it maybe I don't know yeah he could just have a favourite shot, but then, you know, like... Because he uses it a lot in Kane. It, it, <laughs> well. it could just be, you know, the, who's more powerful in this conversation. Mm. Like, I'm trying to show, you know, Raina, the daughter, you know, as being this... I don't know, because she always seems like she has a lot more power in it than you think when she's... Yeah, that's yeah. very, very funny. Well, what, what did you think of the film overall? Like... Um, <clears throat> I have to I have to take myself out of looking at it and judging it from this point and what it would be like to have seen it back then. Yeah. And back then it probably would have been a quite a cuz it was it was based on uh some of the Mercury radio plays that they'd done. Okay, cuz was it a true thing that that there was a plane I couldn't actually even find out. I think that might have been a Just made a up a lie okay. kind of okay. like opening a Fargo kind yeah. of yeah. like fake thing. Because it's um it it starts like a radio play in that way with uh with a voice starting you off and all that sort of oh, thing. Oh yeah. Um but it's it's him doing it because he sounds like he wants to do everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah it's um I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Yeah. I, I'm in the exact same boat with you. I enjoyed a heap of it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like taking it where it is, I feel like you probably have people that have copied that sort of story nowadays and mm-hmm. probably done it better and, and it's been fine. But it started in that way. Maybe seeing it back then, it would have been like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just I, yeah. felt that the stakes weren't that big of a deal. I I completely agree. I found myself like instantly from that opening voiceover of the plane 
you know, we're presented this plane flying and there's no one in it. And you're like, oh, mystery. Uh, no, even before that, we have the shot of uh, what we later find out will be Millie dead naked on the beach to actually yeah. really open it. I love that. Yeah, we start with it's, that. It's great. And then and, and and they the, go to uh, another one. Yeah, <laughs> and then the, so we've got that mystery and the plane mystery. And it's like, okay, cool. We've got... There's going to be a great little thriller here. Yeah. And I found myself about 25 minutes, half an hour into the film, I was like, oh, yeah, what was with the plane? Like, I just completely had forgotten about it because mm. of all the kind of setup and the layers that uh, Wells is trying to kind of build mm. throughout it. It's just... Yeah, because yeah. I, I like I the whole thing of not seeing that main person. There's all this talk about this person the whole well, that's, time. Well, that's what Wells loves. Because yeah. it's this, the whole thing about Citizen Kane is Kane's dead. Let's have a journalist go back and research and find out who this person was. And he uses similar stuff when he's investigating yeah. and when, when Van Stratton's investigating. He's oh, exactly. I can't. And he was like here and here and here. Exactly. And, and then third man as well. Harry Lime. Who's Harry Lime? Yeah, Where's Harry Lime? We've go. got to find it. He always loves being the guy that everyone talks about and can't yeah. shut up about, and he's like the big... <laughs> I think he's playing that as this role in there too. Yep. I was, well, thinking, I was thinking about yeah. taglines as well and, and just thinking... Uh, <laughs> I was either like... Because the way he's got this beard and this, oh, this, yeah. this hair that doesn't quite... It slips... And you yes. see the, yeah, yeah, you, you can see, see the, 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 I don't know if it's the final scenes where he's, um, yeah, confronting me at the Christmas party. You can see like the glue holding it all yeah. on. Still, it's a bit rough. And I thought it was like um, Santa Claus, the off season, <laughs> or or like spending someone else's money just got deadly. Or something. <laughs> That's not um, bad. But like, yeah, I just I just hmm. felt that the ultimate stakes of why he was. I, I kind of like, you know, the premise because of what I interpret it as. Mm. Getting someone to investigate his past to see if anyone's picked up on him. And um, it's and, if there is a trail the, that could yeah. be found. It's and interesting. Then, and then, yeah, but then in the end, she's super rich still. She doesn't care but that he's got, you know, she was just like, oh, he was my love. And I, oh, well, just tell him I know and, yeah. and all this sort of stuff. And but then, it's, and and then the, I can't let the daughter find out. Well, it's more just like, why, yeah, the, the everyone seemed super chill with it all, yet it is that whole, the ego of, mm, but they might not be, and I've got to cover up all the loose ends. Yeah. And it's it's just a bit of a bummer. <laughs> like, yeah, because it's like, no one cares. Mm. And you're like, and then, and you're, you're super rich, yet you're so scared your daughter might find out that you might have done something shady, um, and you can't. You've got so much money and you've yeah. got a hotel everywhere, but you can't get a plane to stop for you. Or But the great thing I, that I like, they kind of peppered in throughout it as well. Like Raina, the daughter, having these little moments where she's just like, oh, I assume he's dodgy. Like, yeah. like she's like, of course he fucking is. Like, we have a castle in Spain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not like, silly. Yeah, that's it. And so it wouldn't have mattered anyway, because no. it's that. And again, like. Or he just go, no, he's a liar. Yeah. And, and you just. And you just you're a good liar when you were that rich as well. Yeah. So Or it's that thing of, hey, that was the person he was, it's not the person that he is now, he's my father now. Like, you know, there could have been other things, but yeah. it is just that yeah. inflated sense of ego. And Wells plays that type of character so well that mm. you just kinda like, Yep, I'll go with this. Yeah. And the the yeah, it's just sort of yeah, the stakes were I don't know. It's yeah. like watching a Josh Schwartz show. <laughs> I love OC, Gossip yep. Girls are right. Um, but all of them build up tension because someone won't someone will hear something and get really annoyed and I just go just go chat to them. Don't 
no, I'm going to kill their whole family and cheat on them. I need to brood on this. <laughs> yeah, well, no, why don't you talk to them? Mm. And you go, hey, did you say this? I didn't. Boom, show over. We lived happily ever after. It's, yeah. I, it, it's as well down to, like, pacing as well for me that didn't make me connect, where it's... Especially in the first half hour, 20 minutes, it felt like... And then doing the research, finding out it's kind of an amalgam of three different uh, Mercury Theatre radio plays mm. that were originally Harry Lyme stories, the character mm. that he plays in Third Man. So our instincts are right. We, yeah. There's something a bit off. But um, it, I'm, it sounds like I didn't like the film. So that, that's, no, it's, that's sounding like there's more stuff like, to like, but it's also absolutely it's, there's yeah. stuff to like. But I had to write down some of the dialogue. Like my notes were like, this just feels like it is a radio play or a theater. Uh, it's like very theatrical dialogue. Mm. Like early on, him having the dialogue, like, "Why don't you shut your trap and I'll tell you what I'm saying?" Like it's just like, okay, you. And then the big it's one was exposition. Sure. It was all part of the plan. Plan? I didn't have a plan. <laughs> like, well, that's whether yeah, the, the, yeah, exactly. Radio play, noiry, yeah, stuff like as if there's yeah, um, yeah, because you got the narrating, narrating in there as well, and mm. absolutely, yeah. Look, yeah, that stuff's a part of that style, I guess, and what to give the audience, what not to. I like when we're the stuff we're kept from because I am I, the whole time. I'm wondering, oh, what, what, why is he there the whole time? What, yeah, fo- watch following him and watching him. And then, you know, I, I like the whole thing of, oh, you, you're just checking that no one, that there's no trail on you. And then you're all cool when there's not really, you know. Um, but then it loses its oomph. And it's like, well, you don't have to kill everyone then. But that no, probably. Yeah, it is just a kind yeah, of. I don't know. The end of the film to me felt like the slow letting of an air out of a balloon almost, instead of having like nice, a pinprick pop. Nice, nice, like it nice. doesn't. End with a bang. It's just this kind of like, like fizzling yeah. out a little bit of, and I'm not sure if that's the, you know the bummer kind of nature of everyone gets killed and dies, and yeah. it's not a quote unquote happy ending or you know a more traditional noir ending, I guess. But yeah. it is just a bit. It's an anticlimax. Yeah, that's a really good image. The the balloon seeping out. Uh, it was a bit random to see that it was Millie that was dead on the beach. Yeah. Um, but I thought when the, the first shot, it looks like Raina because it's yeah, short curly yeah. hair. But the whole time when she's kind of teasing him in the boat. Yes, I scene, loved that scene. Why would you want that? This, you know? Oh, the low angle shot where he like leans down to give her the water. You're, you're thinking, amazing. You're thinking she's in trouble here. Yeah, but only I just, like where I thought that was going to go, it's like, A, because she's clearly drunk and like, you know, getting like, you know, Telling, telling, telling him everything. <laughs> so I was anticipating like the next scene because you know you have Guy being like, I was expecting a message from Millie because I hadn't heard from her in a while, mm. and I was like, oh, he's dumped her off the boat and she's like stranded somewhere in the Mediterranean, like you know on a island or a small village in the Mediterranean, and oh. he's gonna get a note being like, he knows everything. I'm stranded here. You got to help. And he's oh, just you like, were kind then. Yeah, I, I thought I thought he'll kill her. I yeah, I was not anticipating the the mur- like the murderer spree. He, it sounds like he clearly killed her and threw her off the boat. Yes, yeah. Um, but um, it's also a little disconcerting that she's completely naked too. Cause I, I'm assuming it just fell like you know the, in the waves. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> the, the <laughs> I'm trying to be kind. Yeah, in the waves. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to be kind. <laughs> Those waves, they nearly know how to undo a bra. Yeah. 
Yeah, I d- like it's. I don't. My first thought isn't that he like you know assaulted her, but mm. but like, um, you know, it's degrading enough. Like if he just got stripped her naked when she was dead and threw her off, or you know, which well, is not the. She doesn't have the most agency of a character. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a funny little dynamic there because you're like, are you together? Are you not together? You're kind of an, you're, you're annoyed because he's interested in this other chick. Yeah, and that was the anno- the thing that other the other thing that bugged me because I liked Millie as a character yeah. where she starts off and gets like because it is that whole thing where he goes away because he had the smuggled cigarettes. And then yeah. he's out of jail. And he's like, "All right, now to get to the bottom of this mystery and find out what's going on." And yeah, you're like, "And she already too. has been." And I'm like, "I didn't even recognize her in yeah. that next scene." I'm like, yeah, "Oh yeah. shit, she's cool now. Like, she's yeah. really getting this into this kind of nightlife thing and yeah. kind of wanting to un- like you know unravel the mystery." I was like, "That's great." Mm. And then she just kind of was his puppet to some mm. degree, which mm. is a bit of annoying. But Raina, I thought, was a really interesting um, female character. Like, her level of kind of flippancy, I guess, towards both her father and to Guy, just being like, yeah, I'm followed around everywhere. Everyone wants to be with me because of my money, but I don't fuck off. Like, I yeah, yeah, make yeah, my yeah. own decisions. I live my own life. I yeah. really dug that about her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's really interesting and really um, beautiful on film. Like, mm. She looks like... Um, uh, Sophia Loren or, 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 or like a, a young Sophia Loren or, yeah. or something. Young Rekha Walsh I think it's young Sophia Loren she looks like her back on those boat shots you know yes. those she looks a lot like her well she was a countess um, she was I think it's an, an introducing well which is also super weird uh, because apparently this was her fourth or fifth film role <laughs> and uh, same with uh, Richard Arden, who'd played uh, Guy. It was his second, so it's like it's technically not introducing, but yeah. but the interesting thing. So she was Countess Paula di Gerfalco. Yep. Uh, she used this uh, stage name Paolo Mori. Yes. And uh, would later become Orson Welles' third wife. There you go. <laughs> uh, but I'm the interesting surprised. thing about that one is actually uh, it's not her voice. She was dubbed over uh, by a uh, fantastic British actress, uh, Billy Whitelaw. You know what? Starting to watch it, it was annoying me that it was an overdub. Of, I think they mm. might have all been in post too. There were, uh, I've got some more info on some of the Great, other. Great, because it was later. distracting. Um, yeah. I kind of got over that after mm. a bit. Um, but that was that threw me at first as well. Um, yeah, I always just lately Billy Whitelaw. I just immediately go to Hot Fuzz. Uh, she's the woman who runs the uh, bed and breakfast that he's staying in, oh. doing the crosswords like fascist. I'll tell you right now, yeah. that's what I just forgot. Yeah, and I just remembered as I saw your um, little figure. Oh yeah, there. the little statues. I've just been watching Hot Fuzz. Oh nice, nice. Yeah, I'm mm. at the I'm at the point where he's worked it out and gone to the little circle yeah. in the castle. But I was like, it's still forty minutes to go. Mm. So, well, it's got to go insane. You you get to really get to the whole action blowout, I yeah. guess. But yeah. that's right. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I love I love the way that's that's done too, for sure. Mm. Um, I'd love for them to work together again. It's that whole. Yeah, I love Edgar's stuff, but it's just like ah, it, writing the script with Simon. I think is it's the secret sauce. The two yeah. of you guys together. Yeah, but, yeah. Hey, well, yeah. Everyone, yeah. everyone will look forward to that. And exactly. Look forward to. Um, uh, Gervais and Merchant finding something as well, and mm. um, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's that once the film settles in after he, you know, is on the finally gets onto the yacht and gets you know taken into um, Rainer's bedroom and is given here's the confidential report. I want you to make one on me. Like he's given the way the the job essentially. Mm. 
that's where the movie really starts to kind of cook for me to some degree. It's like, well, we've finally got us set up and what, what we're actually doing with I think this it's film. A, I think it's like minute 30, 30 something. Like yeah. It's it split really nicely into, into pretty much the thirds. Yeah. Um, Which again, I'm like, it feels that is like theatrical and radio play, not yeah. necessarily filmic, which is why it, to me, I'm like, oh, this, this could have been a little bit snappier to get us to this point. Yeah. It's yeah. trying to fit a lot in. Yes. And, and um, yeah, the miss, the, 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 the talk, the talk about him, you know, Mr. Arkadin, Mr. Arkadin, who is he, who is he? And he's mm. in the car and you can just see his body, you can't see his face, all this sort of stuff. And then you have him at the party. The party's great too because it's mm. like this manic, like, shot, shot, like, uh, the, what do you call the it? Dutch the Dutch angle. angles, but yeah. also like, re- like filling the frame completely with faces right up to and the And the harsh lighting as well where everything's either really dark or really bright. Right and, in, you yeah. know, right in your face and then there's like, you know, there's not just even when they the his assistants are like calling, it's an assistant, an assistant, an assistant, mm. statue, statue. It's like a, a, a an impressionist or some sort of weird. Well, the the English uh, uh, other suitor kind of calls out Goya and things as well in there. So yeah, there we go. There we <laughs> so. go. Um, yeah, so that's that's cool because then you finally get to meet him and you know that it's him saying, "I want to show you something." And, then, what, and, yeah. then, you, and then you know who he is uh, uh, from there, but. Um, yeah. How, yeah, that was odd too because he gets insulted then because he goes, "Here, yeah, I have this confidential report." And he goes, "Oh, it's all about me." And he goes, yeah. and he leaves and goes back to Millie, but then gets a call to say, um, "Thing, I wants to meet you." I thought that was like the next day or something, but it's the same night still. The party's yeah, still on. Yeah, yeah, that that confused me a little bit. It's like the back next and, morning, it's it's still going. Slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that shot when there he meets him outside and you see the the water <sighs> in the background. Yes, yeah. that would be faked in some way mm. um, and the fact that you oh can... no I believe it was all actual on location yeah. it was yeah no, no I mean like with other films oh sorry yes yes but that, yeah. I appreciated the cinematography yeah. of that like... apparently this is like shooting this film like on all the, at, at, at all those real locations is what led uh, Orson Welles to fall in love with Spain and like he spent most a lot of his life there we go there. like it was there yeah. we go so, yeah that, that was good that showed mm. that 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 showed how much money this guy has and the fact that he was already at the hotel. Oh, mm. I actually own it. Yeah. At this next thing he was at. Like it's, it's the subtle flexes of the power and yeah. But then it, it, it flows into something that I kind of have a soft spot for where it is just a globe trotting almost montage of investigating and stuff. I'm like, mm. great, yep, hook it to my veins. I'm I'm in on this film now. And we finally have the mystery kind of in place and the job and what he's going to unfold. And the people it, he meets, the flea, yeah. the flea circus guy. Oh, yeah, I the lo- professor in the uh, op shop. Yes, that, well, that's, um, the that's um, uh, Michael Redgrave. Yes, yeah. Who is hilarious. Perfectly cast. And like, um, sucking him to buying stuff and, and already... You damaged my alligator. So yeah, it, yeah, was, yeah, even though it dropped on him. <laughs> yeah. and, and then like saying... Um, uh, spelling out the thing, uh, uh, Baroness something, uh, M the yeah. with the money flick flick yeah. thing. And what would you say, Baroness? B A R. I know how to spell Baroness. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's those little moments little where you're just like, these are great. Yeah. These, are, but it's just, I guess. But trying to get the guy out of the room that mm. turned into a comedy, physical comedy, and I was yeah. like, what's going on here? It it is that again, like just irritating. It's Let the stage die. antics. It, it's business. I think that if yeah. if you were watching it on a live theatrical thing, it works, whereas it doesn't translate necessarily to film. And I wonder if that was sort of 
something Wells was struggling with at that time, because then, what's this, 55, and then it's like, what, 1958, 59, 60 is Touch of Evil, where it's just, you have fully realized film making now like this is you you know what you're doing here oh okay i've never seen it oh great movie yeah charlton heston perfect is this, <laughs> so it's an awesome wells yes wells charlton heston and janet lee i want to say so what year i think it's 1959 60 oh, so later than this still yes oh wow awesome and 1958 uh, there we go only a couple of years later and can you um if you can tell me this membership you have what's that cost you Oh, the Criterion Channel, <laughs> like a hundred bucks a year, something like that. Hundred bucks a year, something like that. Or it's, I think, Just the, a the, year. Con- the conversion rate for Australia is like maybe one, one twenty, one thirty. So a little bit like paying ten bucks a month, or, yeah. or far out. That's yeah. great. It's the best. Criterion Channel is the best streaming service. That is amazing. Because not like we were saying with the Mister Carden edition, they had all the special features up there as well, which makes doing this podcast easy when you want to like dive well, into yeah, some behind get, the scenes or commentaries yeah, it's all up there more than just the film yeah or yeah great mm. that's really good to know but yeah highly recommend because everyone thought it was geo-locked for a long time and you kind of needed a vpn to access it and then they were just like you know what fuck it we're just gonna make it available that's so. so awesome man mm. um should we go through more of I mean, like, yeah, from there, it's like what the, you know, it is just him solving the mystery. You've got the fun moments of, you know, the, the antique store guy. He unravels it all. Uh, yeah, The scene with, where he meets it. with Sophie was lovely, I thought. I thought her performance was wonderful. We're married to the, uh, the heroine. Yeah, the heroine. Uh, yeah, to find yeah. out, because she's also super rich herself yeah. again and married to two guys, but officially this general. Yeah. This uh, little, little. Tubby guy just sits there not saying anything. But it is that, like, normally I'm not the biggest fan, but, like, every now and again a scene like this will really get me where it's like we've... The whole film's kind of leading up to he needs to find out Sophie. This name's Sophie, and he finally gets there. It's kind of like Kill Bill Volume 2. It's like we get there, and now it's just a dialogue scene. I'm like, I kind of love that stuff. Yeah. And she just sits there and wonderfully kind of... Like, he's asking all these questions like, what was this, what was this? And she's like, yeah, it was this, it was that but then sums it up so wonderfully in the story of seeing him one time at a casino and just like... That was nice. That, and you're just like, yep, yeah, that's the encapsulation of like, we had we shared a moment, mm. we just have gone our separate ways. Stole and, my money, but then I saw him years later. Yeah. And then just... It's like, like, what does money matter? Like, it's this beautiful mm. little like, oh, that's great. And it's, I guess it's good after all the like, running around, running around, what have you found so far? Nothing, I'm not going to tell you anything and all that, to then have someone just go... Yeah, I'm her, and this is it. Yeah. And you go, ah, cool. Yeah, perfect. But then the, I like that. That's really cool then because you think, oh, well, it's over then because mm-hmm. that happens at the second third. Yes. And you go, oh, well, there's still a bit to go. Yeah. And so then it be so, must be more to go, and which I think is really good mm. because it means that I'm having just good. There's no resolution. I found it. You're yeah. all good. It, there's got to be something else. But then we fade back to and realize like, oh, he's telling me this whole time. He's t- been telling the story to Mr. Zooks. Mm. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forget this is all media res. Like, we're being told this. Like, Yeah, because you go flashes back. And, yeah. Yeah. And then and that's this is why I have to rescue you because you're one of the last people alive. And mm. gonna, I don't, yeah, I don't know why he's trying to protect everyone. It's, it's, it's very nice. He's trying to help someone. I, I think the saving uh, Zook at the end is more because if he knows where Zook is, is and a card and doesn't then that he has leverage to for his own life 
that's uh, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. Yeah. But my um, issue is, uh, we spend about fifteen minutes of him trying to track down Goose Liver. <laughs> yeah, you just maybe kind of go. That's it's, uh, foie gras, right? Well, yeah. Anyway, it, um, just, it just drags it out that like, little with onions bit. and apples, and I was like, good mashed what? potatoes. Yeah, I was like, I wonder what kind of meal it is. It sounds super French, and well, they're in Zurich. At it sounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. There we go. So the European. Oh no, they're still they're in Germany still at that point. I think, but yeah, it is. It just drags it on that little bit, and as that, I said, it that leads becomes it, yeah becomes a bit of a fast thing. Mm. I guess that's a sort of. He's trying to add attention there with the time constraint. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. The guy makes it way too hard to save his life. In the end, you're like, you know. And then he clearly doesn't want to. Give him his goose liver, and he's he's got that, and he's got the tray, and he's walking. And it's like, clearly, if (laughs) if they're there with a tray of goose, like, they've already gone and killed him, dude. (laughs) Put it together. But yeah, it, it like I said earlier, it is just that slow deflation of an ending where. He walks in, he knows he's there. Yeah. He knows his old pal. Mm. And then tying it back to the plane at the very end, you're just kind of like, oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. We've <laughs> got a guy that's a, a, a billionaire. Someone mm. said a billion, he is a billionaire, apparently. And not only can't, doesn't have the power to have a flight stopped, two, can't get another one ready to go. I did like that. Though... And all of a sudden can charter his own and fly his own plane. Yeah. <laughs> Why wasn't he doing that in the first place? What the hell? Some logic leaps there. But I did like guy him like calling like uh, a card and yelling at the crowd like, I'll give you this money, I'll give you that. And then sure that, yeah. And then Guy undercutting it with like, well, I'm Santa Claus. Merit, like deflating, like using his kind of American Very wit good. to deflate. I'm like, great. Yeah, little yeah. moments. Sound like, a, sound like a mad guy. Yeah, little moments uh, that t- work. Tell your father, I've already, I've already spoken to you. Mm. Okay, I will. He's already spoken to me. Yeah. And then that's... It, Ask another question. Yeah. Just go, what did he say? Yeah. Or like, just wait till you've landed. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 but brutal. But um, yeah, so I think we'd talked about a lot of the production stuff throughout where it was obviously based off several episodes of the radio show um, and then like novelizations and everything. But yeah, it basically, I what happened when this film came out was the producers uh, Wells missed an editing deadline where it was just like, film needs to be delivered by this point, and so the producers immediately were just like, nah, you've lost, we, we've got it now, and took it away from him, and so he lost all creative control, and that's why there's all the different edited versions out there. So, yeah. Yeah, because there's some weird little cut edits too where they will... They'll do a shot on um, Van Stratton, mm. go to Orson, and go to Van Stratton, and he's back a frame. He's like, yeah, other yeah, side, and yeah. And it's a different jarring. shot. It's a different shot, and I, that would be done these days on purpose, mm. and to kind of give the audience a sense of unease, yeah, or something. for a reason. Mm. And, and you know what? The, the Dutch angles did make me feel uneasy all mm. throughout, and I think that's clever the way because yeah. you you weren't sure what's going to happen, but yeah. it was just a bit. It threw me a little bit because it would change like an angle, shot, you know, shot size, like, yeah, the, the height. Like, um, I didn't go, oh, what's going on? I was thinking, I bet it's on purpose. I bet it's on purpose. And whether I'm getting them, giving them too much credit. Yeah. Don't know. Maybe it's an edit they've chucked together. Mm. Um, I don't know. Well, it is that whole thing because obviously Wells is no longer 
around. So the version, uh, the comprehensive version, that was from 2006 mm. uh, when Criterion first released this big box set, mm-hmm. and it's believed to be the most accurate to what Wells would have wanted. Mm. And it was uh, through the help of um, some film critics and, uh, interestingly, the, the big one, Peter Bogdanovich, the director, uh, Paper Moon, Last Picture Show... Uh, mask with Eric Stoltz. Oh, a while back. Yeah. Um, he was a journalist and film critic back in the day, and he was a very good friend of Orson Welles yeah. and like a confidant. So he was brought in as a kind of consultant to help kind of wow. be like, is this what Orson would have wanted? Um, but yeah, it's. Um, so yeah, the there's the European version, which was a confidential report. Um, yep. And then uh, the US one where they kind of took it away and stripped it and cut it down. Um, and then, yeah, what is uh, now out through Criterion is like, yeah, the most comprehensive-ish, but we will never know. But yeah, because again, I think it was that whole thing where Wells just did not like to talk about this film because it was taken away from him. Yep. And so he's like, that's not my movie, blah, blah, blah. And Like Piranha 2 for James Cameron. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and apparently as well, there was a novelization that was released of the film that is credited to Orson Welles. Uh-huh. And he said, like, he had no idea. He, he didn't, he's never read the book, let alone written it. Mm. And he only found out about it when he saw it in a bookstore one day. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, I don't, fucking know what these producers are doing so yeah yeah because it always strikes me that he's just in charge completely and does whatever he wants that's well that's the that's the mythos around awesome wells is egomaniac control mm, freak mm, kind mm, of and that's what he's playing in this too. like basically like he how mankowitz was originally hired to be uh the whole thing was awesome wells needed to be the sole credited writer of citizen kane because of his ego and like you know i'm the director producer star writer it's me and i'm hiring you to help me write this uh and you'll be uncredited and then mankowitz wrote it and was like it's the best thing i've ever written i'm not being uncredited on this yeah. and wells was like sued the shit out of him and stuff and mm. yeah so it is that ever since back in the day he's had that e- like you know that aura of mm. control freak needs to be running everything and to have that kind of stripped away is like well fuck this thing then I'm washing my hands of it yeah hmm. look I I think if you can actually produce decent stuff yeah like it's know? not a bad film no. it's just it would have been it's one of those it's cases it's like a first edit in a way like or one that just needs another go yeah it would know? have been really interesting it's a great what if yeah. like what this film could have been if yeah. Wells was allowed to do yeah. how he was supposed to um, I got a couple of quotes from some other filmmakers actually on it. Talk to me. Uh, Joe Dante. Yep. Uh, on, he did a Trailers from Hell, which is like filmmakers like doing commentary over trailers and talking about films. Yep. Uh, this one is, Nobody's favourite Orson Welles picture. Very interesting picture. Uh, it doesn't quite make it. <laughs> well, I think we've probably said that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Christopher Nolan, of all people, mm-hmm. we talked about him earlier. Um, he has it on his top ten criterion, actually. Okay. Uh, when he pulled it out, he said, uh, "No one could make a ca- much of a case for well uh, for this Wells abortive movie overall, but the film contains heartbreaking glimpses of the of the great man's genius." So it does have glimpses yeah. of yeah great things. So I think that's again going back to what you're saying. It's just people wanting to talk about <laughs> films rather than actually you know yeah being like this is a great one. But it's he's not wrong there. So yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's that's good. At least we're thinking in the same way. Because, mm. you know, I'm really like, you know, I get a lot of people I know that, you know, I went to drama school with or something that, that talk like, oh, I just don't know what the direction was and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm thinking, do you know? Do you, like, know what you're talking about? Yeah, like, like what would... Yeah. There, are, there are some things where, let's say, the Academy... Because I'll go, you know, oh, I won this many awards. and But even I will say, but they get that wrong sometimes, you know. Mm. But The Godfather and The Godfather 2 are good films. Yeah. And you can, you can subjectively... There are some things that are subjectively... Uh, or like, you know, sorry, are objective. They, some yes. things can be true mm. about things in the way that this person's written this, performed this, shot this. Yeah. What we say are excellent. If you don't see it, great, but you can be wrong, you know? Yeah. Um, then again, I think the only thing, in my opinion, wrong with Godfather and Godfather 2 are um, the shooting death scenes that are stupid. Oh, the, the, yeah. But that was probably the tech of the era, too. Exactly. Um, like, so it's forgiven. And just Sonny beating up uh, Carlo. <laughs> like, Sonny beating Carlo. So far away. He, he like. would be, well, he'd also be, um, he would probably be dead mm. from that. Um, but yeah, get a, him getting shot yeah. is mental, but also shooting the cop in the head, in the brain and, yes. he, and him like going like he's being choked. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. But, but I forgive it. Yeah. It's that thing of like, uh, I know Lee always brings it up. Um, the, like my end of year videos that I do of like, here's my favorite films yeah. of the year. She's like, you very cleverly choose the word favorite. Not best, great. Like the it's because it is that whole things are subjective. Like that's, well, that's why your spread is so objective. Mm, it and is unpretentious. Yeah, it's got some more art house ones that might just be at the festivals. You've got some mm. animated ones. You got some. It's just things I liked. And it's, it's not really an objectively. It's it's what we all should be. It's like every year there are some films that. I have given like four, four and a half stars to, but don't make it into that video mm. because it's like, that was a, I objectively am like, that was a fantastic film. I'm never going to watch it again. It's not one of my favorites. It's yeah. So. I feel like that with, um, I've wanted to watch it again recently. Nocturnal Animals. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know if I can go through that again. Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> hate that movie as yeah. well. I mean, it is a pretty, it's reprehensible pretty. kind of like, it's, it's dark pretty, and yeah bad but i i loved liked it, it. Yeah. yeah it was it was a real ride one mm. we all went we it finished and we went oh. Ugh, like kind of i like need a, a shower after yeah it. yeah <laughs> and, but also it was like a, a it was like almost watching a safety brother film mm. um being like you you're, you're almost holding your breath and or trying to just keep up and like it's, it's you know it's not fast like a safety where mm. you're like grabbing a seat or whatever but it's um one where you you finish and then you're released. Yeah. It is one where I... I know- Hereditary does the same thing too. Yeah. You could make the argument for Nocturnal Animals of... Like I have seen and like would agree with this, like why people don't like it. It's kind of... Because I think Tom Ford does kind of lose the thread a little bit of why. <laughs> why are we di- getting so much misery and bleakness? It doesn't yeah. have that kind of... It almost feels like it's a bit of bleakness and misery for the sake of it. It doesn't. It doesn't. Well, he's punishing her, isn't he? Yeah, and it so, doesn't. We don't get a good enough. Well, good enough. A a proper resolution to mm. that kind of thread with the novel that is the framing device of it all. Mm. That it is kind of a bit like, ah. Uh. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, and also. Mm. This is a copy of a thing that's now a big bestseller, or yeah, and that, you're like, yeah. oh Jesus! But then you're like, ah, I suppose Cormac McCarthy, <laughs> yeah. like there are bleak books out there. Yeah, so. yeah, good point. Mm. Um, 
I also just find it so funny that that movie is directed by fashion designer Tom Ford. Yeah, he's done what, two films and they're <laughs> yes, both like really great. Like, and I think that was the thing as well because a single man is so fantastic that every, the, the hopes were so high for Nocturnal Animals that yeah. people kind of had their knives out for it. Yeah. Mm. Well, and also well, he got some acting nominations too because like, they ended up... Um, I think Shannon got an Oscar nom for it. Maybe. Well... It was um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. He was he won the Golden Globe mm. and then didn't get an Oscar nomination. Yeah, but Michael Shannon wasn't and then got an Oscar nomination. Yeah, and it was the same year because uh, I was like, "Fuck, he's good in this," and he gets one. And because I, I was like, "Oh, I wonder if they can do that at the last minute," and they did, and they did the same thing with Tom Hardy, who hadn't had many yes. before, and he got it as well. Yeah, and then in the end, it was. Um, uh, I'm forgetting names all the time. It was um, Mark Rylance, I yes. think, that won. And, um, and everyone thought it was going to be Stallone for finally getting it for yeah, Creed. because but... he'd won for... I think... Did they make him a comedy? No, no. But then what did Aaron Taylor-Johnson win? Oh, maybe then. Oh, that's weird. Because, yeah, be, he did... Must be a different year. Yeah, because he honestly. did win the Golden Globe. Because I remembered being kind of annoyed at his speech because he didn't thank... Um, Stallone didn't? Yeah, he didn't thank uh, Michael B. Jordan or um, uh, Ryan Coogler or any of the. He just, like, thanked himself pretty much. I'm just like, come on, buddy. It's only limited time, I guess. Exactly, yeah. But it's like, you're not thanking the director, all right? The writer-director of the movie? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> But um, um, well, that's weird, yeah. Find that now, because because that was one where like I was going into that rooting for Rylance because I love Bridge of Spies. Um, I don't even know how to find this. Mm. Um, oh, that's another movie I watched recently. Um, Galaxy Quest. Oh, perfect film. It was so fun. Perfect film. So great. That, um, that's actually another what if if the studio hadn't taken over. Did they do that? It was a made it PG. It was originally supposed to be like an R rated. Oh, it would, like, been, it would have been gorier and yeah. You can see one instance very clear. It's like when they're going through the just and go through the chop and it's like all the machinery going. Yeah. And Sigourney Weaver says, uh, "Screw that!" But you can very clearly see she's mouthing "fuck that." Ah, oh, yeah, like, great. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, it's like where's the lost. Damn it! R rated cut like oh, of Galaxy maybe, Quest. Maybe they're trying to like aim towards like a broader scope of younger people. I don't yeah. know, but like mm. it's it's not supposed to be exact Star Trek. So no, it can be absurd. But it's know? weirdly at the same time one of the best Star Trek movies. <laughs> so good, so funny. Mm. But uh, I'll go into a little bit of trivia about uh, please, Mr. Akarden. So the film was listed as as Carhe de Cinema's fourth best film of the year in 1956. Well, that's fine. Uh, the French really <laughs> the French really love uh, Orson. Uh, and independently, uh, as an independent production, uh, no major studio backed it, uh, receiving so it received little distribution, and it finally came out in America in 1962. Um, yeah, and uh, had, the title was then changed to Mr. Akarden. The original script title was Masquerade because of the, uh, the um, parties and everything that they were at. Of course it was. Yeah. They have a lot of mask parties. Exactly. It's real, like, eyes wide shutty vibe. I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'd mentioned earlier on that uh, Paolo Mori's uh, dialogue was dubbed by Billy Whitelaw. Mm. Uh, so the voices of uh, Misha Auer, who played the professor, yep. and uh, Frederick O'Brady, who was the heroin addict, who, Oscar, yep. uh, both of them were dubbed by Orson Welles. Gosh. 
who also uh, was the opening narration, as well as gave himself the role of the announcer at the airport. Yep. <laughs> I picked every one of them except those two overdubs. But yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, you could see here his voice. Oh, I picture him going... Trying to be weak. Mm. Oh, give me my heroin. I know. And then it makes you... Re- after I'd read that, I'm like, oh, yeah, he has fuck all dialogue, actually. Mm. And you notice it's that there's a, a lot part. of voiceover talking about what mm. he's saying. And it's like, yeah, oh, okay. It, yeah. 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 Um, Orson Welles apparently hoped to persuade Marlena Dietrich to appear in the film, mm. uh, taking the role of Sophie. Uh, she refused, but he kept putting off shooting the scenes where the character appears in the hope that he, uh, he could get her to change her mind. Is she younger than the lady who played? No, at around the same age, okay. yeah. But like, like classic film star from, you know, the 20s and 30s. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, eventually he had to get uh, Katina Paxanau, uh, who nice. eventually was in the film. And it's always good. I haven't had some of this for a while, but the most trivial trivia I could possibly find... Um, Patricia Medina, who played Millie uh, in the film, uh, would later go on to marry Orson Welles' famous acting collaborator, Joseph Cotton, until uh, from 1960 until his death in 1994. Interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a long time. That's a solid innings and some really trivial trivia. Yeah. She's uh, got a great face, too, for film. Yeah. I thought, yeah, she was probably my favorite performance in the film. Just that scene of her drunk and on the boat, I thought, was so great. So, what are you, why are you trying to, why are you trying to, like, yeah, why are you being so annoying to this dude? Like, what's it, going on? It was that great equal level of, like, annoying, but, like, sassy and confident. And well, she also kind of doesn't seem like she wants... She wants... She seems annoyed. She wants at, him back, yeah. Yeah, like, she's annoyed at the situation she's yeah, in, so yeah. she's kind of sa- self-sabotaging Yeah, it. she's trying to yeah, get him in trouble because he's got a thing with Rainer, and, yeah. Mm. That's, yeah. I liked... Yeah, actually, I liked Orson's accent, actually. It's... The way it was, it was that kind of Hungarian, yeah, Russian-y. I, I feel like I've yeah. heard a real person with that recently, but I don't know. But someone who's been living in Spain for a while, yeah, like yeah, and, and different to like old mate in um, Little Man, John Snow. Li- uh, dif- different, yeah, to, yeah. different to that. Not as scandy. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, well, I'll move on to the Criterion edition itself. Uh, yep. So it was a three-disc DVD box set that is out of print from Criterion. So if you're able to find one out in the wild, uh, good luck to you. I'm sure it's a good collector's item. Uh, and it comes with uh, three versions of the film, the Corinth version, Confidential Report, and um, the comprehensive version, as we said. Audio commentary by, uh, by scholars Jonathan Rosenbaum and James Nairmore. Interview with Wells biographer Simon Callow featuring audio interviews with star Robert Arden. Three half-hour episodes of the radio program The Lives of Harry Lyme, upon which the film is based, and an interview with the producer of the show, Harry Allen Towers. Uh, On the comprehensive version, a new documentary featuring interviews with film historian Stefan Drossler and Claude Bertemis, I'm guessing, and Wells' confidant Peter Bogdanovich, who we talked about before, outtakes, rushes, and alternate scenes for the film, extensive stools gallery, uh, I was going to say the usual booklet and essay that Criterion usually do, but this one even comes with the novel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with a new preface by Robert Polito. Which yeah. he, he wouldn't want uh, yeah. <laughs> if he was alive. Well, apparently the person who ghostwrote the novel was a French uh, screenwriter who he was friends with. Oh. So he kind of gave it, like when he found out, he was like, cool, he got paid, good for him. 
But yeah, so an absolutely stacked edition. The fact that it has three versions, the radio play, the book. You understand why it's the complete mm. Mr. Akkadon. Mm. Yeah. But I guess uh, that'll wrap us up for talking about Orson Welles' 1955 film. Fantastic. Uh, I will be back in a fortnight's time with a Vittorio De Sica film, uh, The Children Are Watching Us. I have no idea what it's about or anything, but I, I do like some Vittorio films, so I guess tune in for that. But Adam, thank you for jumping on the show. You're amazing. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> uh, come back anytime. This has been great. Yep. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, any final thoughts? Anything you want to plug, talk about? I or still anything? think everyone should see the film. Yeah. Because it's. It's a part of film history, and, mm. and you got some really interesting ways people are shooting. Who then have like De Palma does these um, these tilted shots all the time, mm. um, and yeah, and so yeah, I highly recommend someone even you, know, you might love the film, yeah, even though we didn't love love it. it. It's an interesting one to check out. It's like we said, it's an hour forty five. It's not yeah, it's a long not, commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, even though the physical version's out of print, it's up on the Criterion channel. So easy to kind of track down and watch. So. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, thank you again for jumping on the episode. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, as per usual, it's all the standard junk that'll be in the episode description. Um, over on the Patreon, uh, we'll just, we've just done our um, episode on Moneyball, continuing our uh, pretty much perfect films. And we're getting ready to record uh, the one for next month, which is all about film soundtracks and scores. So we're going to oh, kind of oh, sit down and uh, awesome. chat about some of our favorite ones, do a lot of audio drops in that one. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, the email, you can send me an email at thecriterionquest at gmail.com. Um, links to our letterbox accounts and the Instagram and everything. It's all in the episode description. But uh, thanks for listening. Adam, thank you for joining. Pleasure, man. Uh, for this week's episode, I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We will, uh, I'll catch you next time. Thank you.